This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I almost missed the date there. I know. Were you going to say 1984? No, I was going to say 1984 yeah. because, you know, we, uh, well, I'm Kyle, first of all. Uh, yeah, I'm Brady. And, you know, we finished Ghostbusters Minute a couple weeks ago, but it is very hard to break the habit of saying yeah. the year of the film. Well, I'm wondering if an episode has gone by now where you do say the, you know, classic 1984 film Jurassic Park. And, and we just both, mi- both yeah, miss it. Yeah. yeah. You know what? It's I think happened multiple times. I think what's going to happen is when that, that is edited you will probably hear my pitch change because we had to pull a 1993 yeah. from another yeah. episode yeah. the classic 1993 episode <laughs> film jurassic park how you doing today i'm doing good how about you i'm doing pretty awesome as well this is uh this is a minute where there is a lot of silence on screen and a lot going on in uh you know fr- framing of shots and the yeah. action that's happening on scenes kind of telling the story here as opposed to characters getting down and talking to you about you know evolution philosophy and chaotician uh, theory and stuff like or chaos theory and stuff like that characters but uh, getting down getting down yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, the, one of the things I really uh, admire about this film is its silence, is mm-hmm. it's just long moments of just eerie, unnerving silence when they're outside of the uh, T-Rex paddock for the first time, and they're just sitting there listening to the buzz of the, you know, um, fences and the yeah. looking at the goat and everything. There's just all these moments of silence. But uh, I tell you what, one moment that is not silent, that always gets my attention, is that raptor roar when we cut to the raptor pen. Yeah, and speaking of cutting to the raptor pen, you want to go ahead and take care of this week's breakdown? Today's breakdown? Let's do it. Let's do it. In the previous minute, Dr. Ian Malcolm told John Hammond and Dr. Wu that their plan would not work and that life would find a way to make the dinosaurs breed. At the end of the minute, Grant's fears were confirmed by Dr. Wu's statement that they were, in fact, breeding raptors on the island. At minute number 32, Grant is still stroking the chin of the newborn baby raptor. At 32.01, we smash cut to a shot of the raptor pen where several guards are keeping watch over the animals. As we cut, we hear a raptor screeching. As Dr. Grant stands at a distance from the pen, John Hammond runs up to him, telling him that lunch has been prepared for him before he heads into the park. As Hammond tells Grant about the lunch prepared by Alejandro, Grant asks what the guards are doing. At 32.13, we cut to a shot of a bull being raised in the air by a harness. At 32.20, John Hammond whimsically tells Grant that they are feeding the raptors. At 32.25, Hammond goes on to tell Grant that Alejandro has prepared Chilean sea bass. Grant is not interested in sea bass and instead watches the cow being lowered into the enclosed pit. At 32.42, Grant and the rest of the group run up the stairs to see the cow lowered. The cow slowly disappears into foliage. As the cow vanishes, the sound of animals moving around can be heard. The foliage shakes around violently as the raptors pounce on the cow. Screeching and mooing can be heard. And thus ends minute number 32 of Jurassic Park. So Brady, uh, do you want some steak? Well, yeah. After watching this, does it make you want to eat a big, fat, juicy steak watching this uh, cow get lowered into the pen? Well, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's... uh... Yeah, it, it's. I remember when I saw the film for the first time, just this massive cow being lowered in and uh, thinking like, oh, God, it's so terrible. And then when the thing comes up in a few minutes, uh, just covered in blood, it's a great laugh. Yeah. But it's also just so, you know, Ellie's expression when we cut to her plate being put in front of her uh, is just, yeah, spot Spielberg on. Spielberg does that in a lot of his films. He kind of has this savagery 
uh, in setting up stuff. You know, that something's about to happen, or there's kind of a, I don't even know if I want to call it a joke in the shot of that thing coming up broken. It reminds me of the guy's leg, a Jaws, that's like floating yeah. down to the bottom. It's kind of like this very stark realization of the, the natural horror of something um, that just happened. It's It kind of echoes uh, Hitchcock, in a way. Mm-hmm. Hitchcock yeah. used to do that a lot. Yeah. You see a lot of little Hitchcockian things in this movie, like we talked about in the previous minute where Grant is holding the baby raptor, asking Dr. Wu what species this is. And it's a very kind of like long delayed, you get half shadow on his face. It's mm-hmm. very kind of Hitchcockian set up yeah. to something. So, uh, but yeah, in this minute, uh, so like I said, before we started talking about it, there's just a lot of framing and a shot set up, but let's talk about this bull for a minute because yeah. we get a shot, a great shot underneath of it getting raised up when Grant asks, you know, what are they doing? And then you cut to this bull getting raised, and there's kind of a long shot. And then, you know, we cut back to Hammond going, oh, I'm feeding them. And then there's this really cool, like, low-angle shot where Hammond and uh, and Grant are, like, standing tall, and you just see the cow getting smaller and smaller. It's just being lifted into the air. It's a big cow. The only way I think that they could have shot that is the two of them must have been standing on some sort of raised platform, the camera pretty deep underneath them, and the cow had to be way high up in the air for all it to happen. If you put a cow that high above me, I'm going to be very, very (laughs) worried. Well, real quick, do you think animals in movies have age? Uh, yeah, actually, I kind of think that they do. I think there's like a, uh, there's definitely somebody there making sure the animal is not hurt. Yeah, yeah. they have they have agents through um, ASPCA or something like that. I, I but they're they're there watching to make sure that the no harm comes to the yeah. animal. So that cow was safe the whole time, I'm yeah. sure. But how much did the cow get paid? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that was my real question. How much did the monkey from Monkey Shines get paid? Right. You know that. Right. Uh, I've been wondering that my whole life. Yeah, I hope it has good representation. So then we cut to another shot in a second when the cow is getting lowered into the paddock. We get like kind of an above shot. And I was looking at the way that that grid of cage is built above the foliage to keep the raptors in there. And it's kind of got a really interesting like interlocking system. It looks like there's some uh, electrified wires and then some actual metal parts that are pulled back in. It looks like the mm-hmm. wire retracts as it pulls in. Yeah. See the cow get lowered in. But then there's a shot from actually inside of the raptor paddock. And I think I really love this shot because it's directly up at the cow's belly right. as it's going into the cage it's, it's a really cool shot but yeah no that is a cool one um so we've got some really cool editing going on here yeah mm-hmm. so okay we've we've heard multiple times in the movie so far that rappers are these things to be respected and feared and grant specifically has uh just a huge respect and fear for the animal um so we've seen in the last like couple of seconds before this where he picks up the baby raptor and he's like what species is this not yeah. wanting to hear raptor and then he does. We've got the eerie music. We've got the eerie lighting on him. We move in on the baby raptor, and it's just we're setting up for something really eerie. We immediately cut to the place where it all started, where yeah. we saw what these raptors are capable of and will do. And so I think that's a really cool cut. It's like, here's this thing. It's really dangerous. We know that. And then boom, right back to where we started. Yeah, yeah. No, And there's one of the things I love is we hear that sound that we heard at the very beginning of the movie where the raptor screeched you know, and ate uh, the gatekeeper. But yeah. Uh, you don't see the raptors here. You just see the stuff moving around. You know, you see the palm fronds or whatever, like moving around. This you, is a Jaws moment. Yeah, it's a very Jaws moment. Yeah, yeah. And you, you, you don't need to. You know, we're scared enough as is to see that cow get lowered in there. Mm-hmm. And we know what's going on. We don't need to see it. It's it's much scarier just to see the stuff like, you know, knock around. But yeah, it's very much a Jaws moment because we, we don't see a raptor again for a very long time. What is the first time we actually see a raptor in full form in the movie? Is it when hmm. the raptor goes into the kitchen later on? Or or is Ellie confronted by a raptor I think first? She's confronted by a raptor, but the if unless I'm just totally forgetting something. Uh, the first time that you see like a full raptor is in the kitchen. Okay. Um, I'm sure we're missing something there, but uh, but yeah, 
I believe that's when it happens. Yeah, yeah. So there's we go a long time. Now, we did see a raptor in the previous scene, but we don't see an adult raptor for a very, very long time in this movie. We hear a lot about them. Velociraptors mentioned over and over. We've seen a Velociraptor skeleton. Grant has told us how they attack. This is just further foreshadowing, and it really pays off. We spent a long time getting ready to see these raptors, but they're really only there for the end of the movie. They're in the kitchen scene, yeah. uh, the scene where they're in the, uh, the the shed to try to turn the electricity back on. They are in the computer room, and yeah. then the, the the Tyrannosaurus comes in and eats them. You know, spoil, spoiler alert, but yeah. you really don't have a lot of scenes with raptors, which is funny considering how big of a thing they yeah. were when this movie came out. And yet, I've never thought of that. Because yeah. they're so ever present in our mind. And, yeah. You know, Muldoon is constantly, Muldoon is the only guy in this, this whole team who knew what the hell he was talking about. But um, later when the uh, fences are all going down and he jumps in and he's like, the raptor fences are not, are they? That's the first thing he is worried about. Yeah. So you're constantly getting these little things that just remind you, raptors are here and they're the things to really be feared more so than the T-Rex. Yeah. All, so much set up in this movie for those raptors to show up. So uh, yeah. it's it's very well done. And this is one of my favorite parts of the whole of the whole raptor introduction is just seeing the, the bushes move so fast, seeing the trees move so fast. And you kind of see like, oh, wow, these things are really capable of something else. Yeah. We don't need to see it. We know what's going on. So, um, so in terms of sound effects, for the Raptors, uh, when they were shooting this, obviously they didn't have any of the sound effects on, on set. So Spielberg thought he might be able to help the actors, which he didn't. Uh, if he got a balloon or something and started letting the air out of the balloon yeah. and he's making all these sounds with his mouth into a bullhorn. And one of the behind the scenes documentaries that's come out over the years uh, has footage of him doing this and the actors are all trying to just keep it in and not crack up. <laughs> I don't know. It's a funny moment. Yeah. So do you like Chilean sea bass? I've never had it. You've never had Chilean sea bass? Tsunami. Uh, the sushi place downtown yeah, yeah. that you and I go to, it has amazing Chilean sea bass. I don't even eat the sushi there because every time I go, I'm like, I, li- I love Chilean sea bass. Chilean yeah. sea bass is like, it's this really, really, really tender cut of fish that is just like, you don't need a knife at all. You just kind of press your fork against it and it just slides apart. Really? And it's, they usually put kind of a sweet glaze on top of it. Hmm. It's delicious and capers. I know you're looking I'm at your watch, watch right yeah. now. I don't to know see what if time tsunami open. closes. Look, but... there's, there's you there. I know you have an infinite number of people you can call who would meet you at tsunami right now and go to dinner <laughs> yeah, with you. True. I've already eaten. I had ceviche, but, uh, well, I got this bowl of ice cream right next to me, but that that's ain't, true. That ain't you've already eaten. Me. So yeah. anyway, but one of the cool things about, uh, sea bass, Chilean sea bass is it is the food that giant squid eat. Okay. Whenever people find giant squid in their net that they haul up, it's usually off the coast of Chile oh, wow. uh, when they're uh, fishing for, for Chilean sea bass. But if you ever get the chance, it's a little bit more expensive. It's usually like a $20, $24 plate, something like that's totally worth it. Chilean sea bass is one of my favorite things. Awesome. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things about Jurassic World was the just minute, small, detailed uh, references um, in their viral marketing to the first film. Uh and one of them was, so on their main street, there's a restaurant called Winston's, which mm-hmm. is actually named after Stan Winston. And if you look real carefully at the menu in there, there's Chilean sea bass. Oh, is there? Yeah. Yeah. Man, let's talk about Chilean sea bass. I know. I'm pretty hungry. <laughs> let's get out of here. All right. We're going to get out of here and go have a big old heaping helping of Chilean sea bass. Yeah, that's it. And uh, yeah. All right, folks. Well, I'm Kyle. I'm ready. And until next time, hold on to your butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute. You've been listening to a Pele Media Podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at patreon.com slash Pele Media. 
Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pele Media and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Pele Media.